Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We need to play faster. We just got to play a different style of baseball. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to the score. And now joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline is Scott Merkin, CircaLasVegas.com. He is the, depending the handsome Merkin or the, the smart Merkin, whatever way you want to say it, you are a star in your family, Scott, and we love you dearly. How are you, buddy? I think it's the brilliant Merkin now instead oh, of just the most okay. intelligent Merkin now. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we were, did, did I just hear on that last commercial, honey on pizza and olive oil on ice cream? Oh, boy. Or, or, did, I, or yeah. did I come in midway through the commercial? Yeah, I I um I like that, to I like to cover myself in all that stuff, Mark. But that's a private matter. <laughs> well, that's that's a different show, Molly. I think altogether. <laughs> so listen, we we are uh, really anxious. To, I don't get to see enough of the White Sox. I read everything that you're writing. I'm very curious about what this team looks like. They had a couple of good wins, obviously, uh, yesterday. Uh, unusual to see the White Sox manage two wins. On this, they had only, they were one in five. Not that we care, but they weren't stacking the big wins. They had a nice split uh, series doubleheader. Um, Who's really doing well? Is Aloy really hitting the hell out of the ball? He is. And, I mean, you know, we've debated this in the press box and in the clubhouse, you know, between the media. You know, spring training, as I always say, you never got to the Hall of Fame because you had great Cactus League or Grapefruit League numbers, right? No one ever gave a speech up there and said, you know, that year I hit 480 in Arizona really changed my life. But (laughs) you look at someone like Rodon, who a few years ago had a great spring and then had a great year, I think it was 21, right, with the White Sox, mm-hmm. which kind of set him off on a couple of good years in a row. So it is possible, and Aloy certainly does have the pedigree. He's worked hard in the offseason, but you know, it, you just got, it, it's kind of like wins and losses, you know. They've led in some of these games, and some of their minor leaguers have come in, and they've lost the lead, like against the Dodgers the other day, I believe. All that late-inning rally was against, you know, the Sox minor leaguers who were called up for the game, so it's hard to really say, but yeah, Aloy has looked really good so far. You know, some of the pitchers have looked pretty decent. We're now going to start seeing starting today the, what I think, although they won't, they won't say this yet, is the main rotation. You know, Kopech, Cease, Soroka, Fetty, and Flexen most likely. And then, you know, we, I, I, you have to give credit to Garrett Crochet, who, again, just an inning and a third or inning and two-thirds, but looked great the other day against the Dodgers, especially facing, yeah. you know, Betts, Otani, and Freeman to start off his starting career. So that game today will be at 155 right here on the score, White Sox and the Cubs. I think Kopech against Justin Steele 
And the great Pat Hughes will be with Ron Coomer on the call. It's a treat this afternoon. Cubs and Sox, 155 right here on the score. Okay, Mark Kopech going today, but Dylan Cease, obviously the trade speculation. Garrett Crochet, obviously some injury concerns and stretching him out. He was lights out, obviously, in the first uh, opening outing, as you alluded to. Who makes more starts for the White Sox this year, Dylan Cease or Garrett Crochet? That's a great question. That's actually a great prop bet in Vegas, only because you know Dylan Cease is the topic of, you know, he'll be the topic of ongoing trade conversations. So whether that's before the end of spring training or whether that's May or whether that comes at the trade deadline, he's going to be the focus. And, you know, I think even if the Sox were to get off to a good start, I'm not talking like, you know, 35 and 15, but like a good 500 start and they hang around an AL Central that, you know, always is pretty mediocre until one team takes care, not always, but has Mm. been the last few years until a team takes control. You know, I don't think they're going to keep him just because, oh, there's a shot we may sneak in this year. So they're looking for the best deal for him. You know, I don't know. It's tough to answer because I think, you know, Crochet, well, he looked great, and I I think he's, Crochet's got like an extra edge this year, you know, really out to prove himself as part of this rotation. And he certainly has a talent. He just hasn't done it since Tennessee. And even there, I think he only made 13 starts in his uh, in his collegiate career. But, you know, I, I, they're not going to rush him. They're going to let him build up. So I'm not sure if that means starting, you know, the year out of the bullpen and making like some, you know, openings type starts, maybe more than an opener, two or three innings, and then building it up till he becomes part of the rotation. And then if Cease moves or someone else is needed, he can step in. I, I just can't see right now how he starts as, you know, part of the official rotation to begin 24, especially since Pedro said they're not looking at a six-man rotation. So, man, I I, I would I'm, I'm going to go with Crochet because I do think they're going to move Cease. I do think as great a guy as Dylan Cease is, as great a pitcher as Dylan Cease is, and one of the key things is, you know, not to jinx him, but durable. I mean, 97 starts in his last three years, which is what every team is looking for. You know, a, a solid top of the rotation guy who can go out there every five days. I think he's going to be moved at some point because it's important to the process that Chris Guest is going through, but it's more important, which is shown by what he's done so far. It's more important that he hits, you know, he he bats a thousand on this trade. He can't take really even 80 cents on the dollar for this one. He's got to get exactly what he wants. And that's why Dylan Cease will be pitching tomorrow in Texas and making the opening day start for the White Sox as we sit here right now. Um, we know Jesse Schultons has torn his, uh, his UCL and will need Tommy John right. surgery. Heard that a couple days ago. And then yesterday, Jimmy Lambert's out a couple weeks with a sore shoulder. Joe Barlow, uh, apparently maybe even longer with shoulder right. soreness. I, it just kind of, you know, I mean, I get it. Dylan Cease is going to be traded, but it, it's – it's kind of you kind of throw your hands up a little, at, you know. God, we've laid, we've waited on Jimmy Lambert forever. Yeah, he's had some injury issues, you know. And yeah. it's funny because they've looked not not funny that part. Obviously, it's funny no. that he, they've looked at him both as a starter and a reliever. You know, I mean, he there's a couple at least once that I can remember where he was reassigned back to uh, Charlotte, and they started looking at him as a starter. And I talked to him at the beginning of camp, and he was ready to do whatever was asked him. You know, I, it doesn't sound like his is. I don't want to say as big a deal as Barlow's. It won't be out as extended amount of time as Barlow's, but they do have a lot of a lot of names, a lot of arms, you know, in that bullpen competition. So even if let's say, you know, you rule Barlow up, it sounds like he's going to be out longer. There's a month left here, and it sounds like he's going to be out longer than the two weeks. 
But even if Jimmy Lambert's a little behind at the start, you know, he's a guy who can still help this team this year. The only thing is he's out of options. So that's the, that's the kind of the crux there. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of veterans they brought in on non-roster deals. Dominic Leone, Brian Shaw is back after the phenomenal September he had. Corey Knable is there, although um, Pedro right. said yesterday he may not be ready in his, you know, comeback from shoulder surgery a couple years or in 2000. And I think he missed last year. So at the end of 2022, may not be ready at the start, but they do have options. That That's the one area of this team, I think, along with, you know, filling out the bench, the last guy on the bench, the last, you know, reserve player, I guess you would say is better put. The, those are the two areas where it's not, doesn't seem set as much as they've talked about competition, competition, competition in camp. Seems like everything else is kind of locked in except that, that those couple areas. They don't really have any spots up for grabs, do they? Right field is going to be Fletcher, and then the other spots are filled by guys who were signed. And there aren't really, there's not really any competition, is there? No, I mean, you know, like, <laughs> you know, if Luis Robert goes one for thirty in spring training, Luis Robert is not going to Charlotte, obviously. You know that. There's, I mean, it's Benatendi <laughs> left, Robert center, Moncada third, the young short, uh, Nicky Lopez at second. At first is Vaughn, catching is Maldonado and Stassi, and DH is Jimenez. And, you know, I just mentioned the five starters. You probably have, you know, a combination, like you said, of Fletcher and maybe Pilar and Wright. So there is, you know, whoever is the, the bench, one more bench guy, and then the bullpen. And there's probably like three or four bullpen guys who are pretty well locked in, too. So that, that's where the comp- – but, I, you know, I think Pedro means overall just competition among themselves. And also some of these younger guys, guys like um, – Nick Nestrini, who won't break as part of the rotation, but might be the first guy they call if they need someone out of you know to start this year out of the minors. Jordan Leisure, who could break camp with the team, he's that close. He started, he pitched well for Charlotte last year, has had a good start in camp. So maybe if he doesn't quite get there, he's another guy who first guy called up in the minors. So it's competition not just for now, I think, but for them to kind of process for the future too. What about Bailey Horn? Is he going to break with the team? Is he too far away for that? What do you think? He's in that mix. That, that's an interesting story, isn't it? I, I don't have the numbers, and I'm not sure if the Sox media relations could find it or would want to look it up, but he may be the first guy to ever throw a scoreless inning for the Cubs and White Sox in Cactus League play in the same week. So that, that's, uh, that, that's kind of unusual. You know, he was, he, he's, been, he's been part of big trades. You know, the Sox traded him to get Ryan Tapera yeah. as part of the 21 playoff push. Then the Cubs traded him to make room for Cody Bellinger on the 40-man, right? So... I mean, he's a, he's a good lefty, so if you have that talent, you always stay in the mix, right? So he'll definitely be in play. He's, you know, he's on the 40-man. He'll definitely get a look here the last few weeks. I keep complaining that Oscar Colas is uh, – I know he's in camp, but, you know, the guy was brought in. He was supposedly the Cuban Otani. We got rid of that idea, and now he looks like he's a minor <laughs> I leaguer. I forgot about right? that. I forgot about the yeah, Cuban Otani was, part. Yeah. Was, I love that one. Yeah, he gave up pitching pretty quick, I think, by his own right. volition. Right. Yeah, it's an interesting situation with him because, you know, they've talked about the competition, the competition, the competition, which I've now said six times, I think. But Chris Getz told us as far back as the GM meetings that he thought he would start the year at Charlotte because he needs to play. He needs everyday playing time. But, you know, I was talking to other people in the organization, and I think it's more so now that there's greater composition, competition at that pit position now, you know, with Dominic Fletcher in you know, uh, Kevin Pillar. And so he has certainly not been forgotten. They liked how he came to camp. He was in good shape. He was ready to go. He worked hard. He works a lot with Louis Robert. He's a good friend of his and kind of a mentor. 
So he's he's not he's certainly not out of mind. He just looks like you know he will not start the season as part of the White Sox. He'll be starting as part of Triple A Charlotte. Do the Sox have a closer? Do they need a closer? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think we speculated kind of John Brebbia, but then he hurt his calf. Although uh, I will say, you hear calf strain and you're like, well, that's going to be a little bit. And yesterday he was cruising around without his mobility scooter, which he, he didn't seem to love very much. He said he didn't have great control over it. Um, and moving, you know, moving without a problem. So maybe he will be ready for, you know, opening day. So he's a chance. But, yeah, I think, you know, the guy who could really take that job and run is Jordan Leisure, the guy they got from um, the Dodgers with Nick Mastrini and the Lance Lynn and yep. Joe Kelly trade and Trace Thompson as part of that, too. So if you're if you're building, you know, you might as well, right? I mean, you've got a lot of good veterans to pitch leverage innings. Might as well give him a shot at that late inning role and see, see what happens. They gave it to Santos last year. and. He was pretty good until he got hurt with the, you know, the blip against Chris Morrell, but it ended up leading to a couple, you know, good players in return being traded out, which I'm, I'm not sure they would have had if the Mariners hadn't seen him close a little bit and see what he could do. Although, you know, you can't, you can't coach a hundred miles an hour, which is what he was throwing when he was healthy. Yoan Makata wants the number one uh, prospect in baseball. He's doing okay, but we have no idea how he will hold up and, what will happen with him. He's been a guy that's just been frustrating to watch. Yeah. The thing with him is just his, his back. As long mm-hmm. as that's healthy, he's got a shot to be back to, you know, the high level he is. I don't know if you guys have gone through back problems before oh, yeah. I have. The and worst. you know, it's, it's brutal, right? I mean, you don't realize yeah. you hear people talk about it and then you don't realize how debilitating to everything it is until you go through it. And his was even worse than, you know, probably what most of us have because he's, out there trying to, you know, field ground balls and chase down pop-ups and swing at 100-mile-an-hour fastballs. And, you know, I had talked to him at one point last year where he had thought maybe surgery was an option, and thankfully for him, that did not happen. We just talked to him yesterday, and he or two days ago, I'm sorry, and he feels, you know, feel like he feels great. So as long as he stays healthy, this is his last guaranteed year of his contract. And you, you don't want to marginalize it to that, but, you know, anyone who knows that they have, a, you know, a possibility in terms of making more money by – performance is going to be have a little extra boost right i mean that's just normal way of life so the key thing that for him though is stay healthy if he stays healthy i think he's gonna have a good year for the white Sox. uh before we let you go we just gotta ask about pedro grafol he's got an acronym he's had to get on the catcher for not running one out who apologized to the team how are, how different are things in year two are they different what are you anticipating from him as we move forward? I think he's probably got a group that's better fit for his managerial style this year, but I also think that he does feel more comfortable. You know, let, let's look at what he went through. He, you know, started off as a front office guy and, you know, minor league director, and then switched halfway through his career and mm-hmm. wanted to pursue managing, which he talked about very eloquently at his opening press conference. So he gets this job, he's all excited, and by the end of April, the season's pretty much over, right? I mean, they've lost 10 in a row, they're 7-21, and 21, need a seven-run rally in the ninth to avoid 7-22, and 22, and it's, it doesn't really get much better than that. So it's got to be tough, but in the same sense, I think he, you know, I know because he's talked about this one-on-one to us and talked about this in a group that he learned from last year, and I think he's going to be a different manager too. And I, I think, you know, inherently there's pressure on him too, right? I mean, oh, yeah. I, I don't think... I don't think they quietly expect this to be a prime contending team. They'd be pleasantly surprised and all for it if it was. But, you know, in the same sense, I don't think they want it to be 
a debacle either. So, I mean, they want to see growth. Is, is Well, of course, they don't want it to be a debacle. That's pretty much obvious, right? But they want to see growth from the team and growth from him, and I think he's ready for that, at least in spring training, and we'll see how it goes once the real games begin on March 28th. He's Scott Merck in MLB.com. Thank you, Scott. Great catching up with you. Thanks for getting up with us. Thanks, Merck. No problem. Take care, guys. Good talking to you. That's Scott Merck. And God, he's been doing those Sox beat for 22 years. It's a lot of White Sox baseball. Wow. That's, that's, uh, this, that's, that's fun and yet painful. Hazard pay last couple seasons. Yeah. Molly, back in Indianapolis, Caleb Williams keeps making the rounds. And I just, this is really, given the source, this is extraordinary. And that may sound like an exaggeration, but Mike Florio has been on the keep, keep Justin Fields bandwagon. Yes, he has. He's as cynical as they come. He's not an easy guy to impress. And this is what he posted after spending 10 minutes with Caleb Williams this morning on PFT Live. We just spent 10 minutes with Caleb Williams. Condolences to the Vikings, Lions, and Packers. This guy is the real deal, and the Bears will have their first franchise quarterback since Sid Luckman. Get the hell out of here. (laughs) Mike Florio is in, all in. You talk about tapping the brakes. Florio, his his brakes have been cut. The brakes have failed. His brakes have failed. There's no fluid left. Yeah. He's going 80 in a, in a oh, 55. He's, he's he's going 160. <laughs> I mean that's 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 funny. That's good stuff. And if you're yep. if you're all in on Caleb Williams, then that makes you feel really good too. Yeah. Yes. I mean that's a tough guy to sway. And he was as recently as Tuesday, he was talking about the idea of of keeping. Justin Fields trading the pick and the haul you could get and what you could build around. No. Now he's like, <laughs> this guy's the best thing since Sid Luckman. <laughs> well, I think the part that we're at clearly now is is by the time we get back here on Monday morning at 530, mm-hmm. will Justin Fields be a member of another team? And if he's not, is that because everybody's calling the Bears bluff on what they want? That's a great point, Dustin. I think that's a great point because – what we might find out by Monday morning is that if that isn't, if they're not able to consummate a deal, there may not be a market that exists. Come on. There's a market. It, it well, I'm just down. wondering, well, like, it, tap it, the brakes and you can't trade Justin Fields. No, 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 for no. what? No, 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 no. I'm saying for what? Well, for what? Second round. I mean, you know, Are we you laughed at the idea of a first rounder, but is second round still in play? Yes. Is it? Yes. Who? I don't know. Let's go through the teams. I mean, go through the teams. There's I would three say of them right Atlanta. Now, three. Yes, the, the Steelers have expressed interest. Don't tell me that that you know you wouldn't be better off with Justin Fields at his age and what he can do than with Russell Wilson at his well, age who, and what he can. do. Oh, I, I would tell you that. Oh, I, come I, on! You who, would not. You would not believe if, that. If you're, if you're the would Pittsburgh, you, would you? If you are, if you are the Pittsburgh Steelers, right. And you are you play the kind of football they play? Wouldn't you want a guy like Fields over a guy like Russ? I don't know, Mullen. Oh yes, no, you would. no. You would look at the numbers for Russell Wilson last year. He wasn't terrible. If you were the Atlanta Falcons, different story, different team. I, I'm just saying, with the running game they have, with with John Robinson, mm-hmm. with the team they have, you add Justin Fields to that, it's a hell of a lot better than than adding uh, a guy that. Can play for a year and, and well, I don't think they know, would. I don't think they would be looking at Fields, Russell Wilson. They're you not, can get Fields now, and then you can make the decision on picking up an option year. 
you yeah, can't you can, but I think that if you're Atlanta, the, what we talked about earlier is in play. They have the eighth overall pick. If they're going young at the position, is if they're Oakland going to de- look oh, hold on. If they're going developmental in Atlanta, going eighth overall to a quarterback, it make would preclude them from going after Justin Fields. So I think that's the complicated thing there. Yeah. I did you hear what Raheem Morris said when he showed up at the combine? He yes. said that they were looking for someone that fit the city. Come on. Come on! I, you, you're, you, there, you, you you're, know better than to fall like, for rhetoric. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying, falling for I, anything. I'm, I'm telling that, you, there's I'm a market for the guy. There's a market for the guy, but getting a second round pick, expecting definitely a second round pick, doesn't seem as likely now, or as th- there's more questions about that haul now than there was maybe at the beginning of the week. Two thirds. Two third round picks. Yeah, I think what's going to happen is probably be a conditional pick. It might be a conditional third round. Maybe if he plays a certain time, could be a second round pick. Could be another future third, perhaps. I I just think that if they had more of a dialogue with with compensation that they were comfortable with, it might be a deal by now. Hmm. It's imminent, but for what? Because now they're talking. You're you're going to have to trade him. You're not going to keep him. And it's just a matter of what are teams willing to give up. How badly do they want Justin Fields? Um, so the odds right now are the Falcons, and the odds are lowering by the second. They're lower than they were yesterday, followed by him staying with the Bears, which I don't think that's happening. Steelers, then the Raiders and the Giants. Giants are interesting. I can't see the Raiders only because the, you know they, they got the play caller that – stunted the growth of Justin Fields as their offensive coordinator. So I think that's a difficult marriage to envision. You think the eighth pick in the draft is going to get you a quarterback? Yeah. See, I think the quarterbacks might go even higher. I think you might have to trade up. I don't think J.J. McCarthy would go eighth. I mean, I don't don't think before eighth. eighth. I don't think so. Hmm. Do you think a team in the top seven? I, I think that Caleb Williams and and Jaden Daniels, maybe even Drake May, and I've heard Drake May's dropping, but I think those guys are all going in the first five picks. Top five. And, and, and there's a chance that J.J. McCarthy could move up. So that's four quarterbacks. That, that would be the dream. Let, let's take a quick time out. We'll come back and talk about who's in, who's out of the trade market for fields. Maybe it's not as robust as we imagine, but there are teams involved. Molly and Harmon. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. to find out about the Bears as you meet with them more extensively, maybe a pro day and a house hall visit, things like that. What do you want to know about them? Just do you want to win? That's it. 
Mullion Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. That's the voice of Caleb Williams when asked what he wants to hear from the Bears. You want to win. You want to win. How are they going to win? What's their plans for uh, helping him maybe win on offense? I wonder how extensive it got. It's 10 minutes. It's speed dating. 10 minutes. It is speed You got to reserve a few minutes there for putt-putt or darts or whatever he played. I've never been on a speed date. I was married before that became popular. I never have either. I just have seen them depicted in television shows. That's and all I know. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine that working. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, you could find out a lot about somebody in 15 minutes. Look, that's what we do for a living. Used to do for a living. You sit down with somebody in 15, 20 minutes, and all of a sudden you write the story of their life. Boom. Ask the key questions, know where to start, know where to finish. Yeah. You know, here's the thing, though. I mean, you, you, Oftentimes, you sit down with someone for 15 minutes after you've known them for a few years, and then you get a great story of their life. You know, it's just, yeah. I think you got to do a lot of research. I think you got to figure it out. I, I mean, first impressions, I guess that's all that matters. And by all accounts, they've been working on this kid for a long time. So they would have a, enough information. Sounds like they know a lot. And he certainly made a good impression today. And he answered a lot of questions, even in the Bears lingo, when we talked the other day about artists and surgeons. He was asked about which was of which one of, he was. was he? Yes. Do we have that answer? We are about to get it. He does. He does. You know, I've I've actually heard that about the artist or, or surgeon thing, and um, I like to I like to think that when it's time to be surgical, you you know, it's it's time to be surgical. Um, you know, there's been many games where uh, it gets late in the game and, and I've and I've ran or scrambled and, and you know, threw a crazy pass. That's that's been the artist, the magician. Um, and then and then, you know, there's been times where even, you know, when I hurt my hamstring and I couldn't run, um, I sat in the pocket the whole time, you know, the rest of the game and, and, and delivered the ball. Hmm. He's both. He's both. That's that's the right answer. Most most excellent quarterbacks are. He's both. He's both the surgeon, the artist and wait for it. The magician. He's got a little Houdini in him. Yeah. The guy drops back. There's like escape. a cloud of smoke. Boom. And some woman's been cut in half. How the <laughs> hell did that happen? No, know. she's okay. He's a very resourceful young man. Definitely. He can pull a bird out of his hat. <laughs> a rabbit, if need be. <laughs> He's going to be asked to do a lot of things in Chicago if he is indeed the number one overall pick. And I think that he... Uh, has done nothing to this point to make us feel like anything other than that is going to happen. Getting a lot of pushback on the text line. Slow down. Yep. Red Cosell, slow down. Breaks, dude. Yeah, okay. That's fine. We can, we're going to be deliberate in terms of talking about this. We have another month and a half, almost two months left before the draft. Mm. A lot of ground to cover. The pro day in L.A., I think it's March 20th. Okay. See if that happens. At some point, though, as much as I've been saying, trade the pick, keep fields, build around, we have to accept everything. Everything is pointing towards Caleb Williams being the first overall pick and the Bears having that pick. Thank you. Everything is pointing. So at some point, like acceptance, you got to accept it. And then you have to like the next real good question is, what happens to Fields, and what do you get for him, and then what are you doing at nine? And then who are you potentially signing in free agency? Because you do have the third most amount of money to spend in that game. Well, the free agent question, 
The free agent question is a dangerous one because the temptation will be from the fan base and maybe some people in the in the media mm-hmm. cover the Bears. You got all that space, you better spend the money. I don't know if that's always a smart play. We have talked about yep. the dangers of being no. the offseason winners. Well, if you win free agency, you usually lose ultimately. That's just the reality. Yeah. I mean, how good would a Danielle Hunter look on the Bears? You damage your uh, uh, one of your opponents. You bring in a, a pass rusher to match with your pass rusher. At the right price. I mean, I'm but. just saying, you could, you know, if you want to play fantasy football and you want to figure out how to, but I think out of free agency, you need a center and you can get that. You're going to pay full price tag. That's what free agency is. You might need a wide receiver. And everybody's too. got money. Possibly. You could probably use help at the wide receiver position. Doesn't mean you don't draft I, one. I think what we're suggesting, at least supporting is the idea of if, if you want to sit out the first wave of free agency, yeah. do it. Look, they got two linebackers last year that helped them. Yeah. And I think I think that's the one thing you look at and you think, okay, wave two, third tier guys, affordable, productive, TJ Edwards. Depth pieces. Depth pieces. Not necessarily guys are going to make you say, wow, but guys you need to fill out your depth chart and to give you a chance to win. So – those are very important. It's just this is going to be all the teams that are playoff perennial contenders are draft-driven teams, and the Bears want to be one of those. And, um, you know, you got a guy at the top of the draft. Let's let's hear more from him. Let's hear what Justin uh, – excuse me, what Caleb Williams had to say about um, about anything you want to play me. I just want to listen to him talk all day long. Let's go. Caleb, you went up your way the other day to give an interview saying you'd be willing to go to Chicago. They draft you one or to Washington if that's what happens. Why did you feel a need to say that, and where did the narrative that maybe you wouldn't come from? Yeah, a lot of things are coming out right now. Y'all rarely see me speak, ever. Um, as y'all know, I, I, I don't really go out and speak much, but this was, you know, this was important to me that I wanted to put something out before um, I came here. Uh, especially with all the noise and things like that. That's been brewing and things like that um, before I came here. And then now since I've been here, a bunch of stuff uh, comes out. But just wanted to put something out so everybody knew exactly where it was coming from. Okay. 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 You wouldn't, and then you posted on Instagram a picture. I think you were a kid wearing a T-shirt with a bear on it. Was, yep. that, was that intentional? Or no? no, it was not intentional. I, uh, I didn't see the bear on the front, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it was kind of funny when I saw the, the reports about it. Bear. It's a happy accident. Was that was that Grody in real time? And that, he just bear bear, <laughs> not bears bear. So that whole thing that created quite a yeah, it was a stir stir yeah. hubbub about his bear on the front of a childhood sweatshirt was bears. nothing. Bears. It means nothing, but he did answer that question well. And it was strategic in talking to Pete Thamel and dropping the story at eight o'clock uh, on a Wednesday. Thank goodness they did. That was that was fun. Yeah, I, I I think that's interesting though that he doesn't really talk much. He doesn't seem to like to talk, and yet all of this, um, you know, there's there, there was so much misapprehension that that came of reported stories based on something maybe his dad said a while ago. Whatever it might be, based on what Colin Cowherd was hearing, um, you know, the the idea, yeah, I want to be the number one pick. I've worked at it my whole life, and that's what I want. 
yeah, I would love, I'd be excited to go to Chicago. They, he was even asked about the Bears' history at the position. You know, hey, the, the Bears are known for their middle linebackers and their running backs. What are you going to do as a quarterback taken in Chicago? We know what happens to quarterbacks. They, they come here to die almost as much as receivers, right? So w- the very fact that you're talking about the next Sid Luckman tells you it's been a long time without that franchise quarterback, whatever you want to think of it or however you want to place it. So yep. it was good to uh, good to hear him to, say to hear him respond all to all that stuff. It was also we have to be careful, I think. You can look at it however you want. I'm not going to tell you to be careful. Okay. But in my experience – This that, is a day to celebrate what the guy had to say. Yeah, and when we have examples yeah. of, of fathers who are very involved in their children's lives, and there are other examples. We have one with the Bulls and LeVar Ball and the questions will exist. I always want to remember to not hold the words of the father against the son or the actions of a dad against his kid. Because I don't think that's always fair. Yeah, Carl Williams could be outspoken and have his own agenda, and we have no idea what goes into that and no idea about what he's trying to accomplish. Is he opening some sneaker store? I don't know. Is I hope he, not. Is he going to come out with a brand for his son? He could probably sell a lot of things in Chicago if he wanted to, if they go this direction. But you know what I mean. I, do. I don't necessarily think that it's fair to hold Caleb Williams accountable for the things that, that Carl Williams might have told a magazine last summer. Things that are unconfirmed and things that are, you know, difficult to hold against Caleb. He did talk about one of the things that comes up a lot. He's emotional after losses. He has reacted in a way where we saw some sobbing to his mom after losing that, uh, that, that game that he went into the stands. And this is how we addressed that this morning. Yeah, there's not many people in the world to get the experience what I experience every, every game day, every practice day. Um, you know, so it kind of goes back to, um, you know, it kind of, it always kind of goes back to that for me. It's, you know, it's something that I only get to experience. Um, it's something that I really care about, um, which is not only winning the game, but, you know, doing it with my teammates. And so every time we lose, I feel like I let my teammates down. Hmm. Yeah, he, you know, and I, and maybe, maybe that explains some of the emotion, right? He, he was asked about, um, you know, Winning versus lose. He broke down crying after a loss. Um, he had an interesting response to that. Yeah, that was the main thing that I've. You know, if they if they ask me or if it comes up, the main thing that I've said I, I want to go to a place that wants to win. Um, a whole a whole, you know, three sixty. So meaning the from the top all the way to you know the guys um, and 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 down to the down to the the, the, the janitors, the people that. Um, you know, that, 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 you know, make everything run, um, you know, it's just everybody wants to win. Everybody's a part of that. And, 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 you know, we all take care of each other. One of the biggest challenges, that's good stuff. One of the biggest challenges he's going to face is just this inherent cynicism that anybody, any new player walking into house hall has to deal with. He's the quarterback of a team where franchises have been, don't develop quarterbacks. It's the cursed position. And this text from 773 reflects that perfectly. Switching quarterbacks is not going to make the Bears significantly better. The franchise is the problem. In four years, Caleb Williams will be the next scapegoat. 
You understand that? I I understand you why understand you feel that, that way. People yeah. are going to f- take a while before they start to look at things like, oh my gosh, this guy could be. They could do for the Bears what C.J. Stroud did for the Texans. You know, listen, that's exactly what you're looking for. You're looking for a guy that can come in and a guy that can defy whatever curse it is, a guy that can win games late, a guy that um, is going to change kind of the the structure, if you will, of how the franchise I, is absolutely, going. Absolutely, in every way. Yes. So I asked this question of Tyler Dunn uh, from – GoForTD.com last night on Football Night in Chicago. A, a true or false question. And see which, how you answer this. True or false. Caleb Williams can do for the Bears in 2024 what C.J. Stroud did for the Texans in 2023. It's a great question. I mean, am I in a position now to predict that that's going to happen? I think the Bears, believe it or not, are in a better position with the number one overall pick than the position C.J. Stroud was coming into. That's a good point. I think it's pretty extraordinary that he came into a team that really should have had the first pick, uh, but they won a game at the end of the year, Lovey's last gift to the Bears. <laughs> and, uh, and then they ended up with the second pick, and they ended up with a quarterback. They had brought in a new coach. They had a new offensive system, and everything worked because the quarterback worked. And so – does he have a chance to work that well? I think he's ahead of the game. He is ahead of the game. The defense might the be defense further along. The defense is better. But the situations the, are similar. The, 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 the wide receiver is better. Much better. Much better than anybody the Texans have And the, at the number wide nine pick position. should be another guy, another weapon. Another, another day one starter. There you go. And the similar, similar situations are that defensive-minded head coach, a defense that is really the strength of the team, and you're plopping in a rookie to say, get us to the playoffs. C.J. Stroud did. Yes, he did. Caleb Williams can. Yes, that's fair. I I, I do believe True. That. It is true. true. The problem, you know, they're, this division's probably a little bit better. Um, there's a couple of teams ahead of the Bears, so you're making up ground. They're going to be getting better, too. Um, Florio says not not as good as the well, Bears are going to be. No, he's, he's, he's pitying the other he, teams. Listen, he, he – <laughs> He was sold today. <laughs> that's a that's on Caleb amazing. Williams. I think I think the stuff that we've heard, it's hard not to be sold. I agree. I, I think it's been a great day, um, all the way around. I think that that uh, Caleb Williams has won the day, and that is something that I didn't know I'd be saying going into this. without throwing a pass or without uh, right. drawing any blood, without taking a medical. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a single MRI, and he won. <laughs> All right. We got Dan and Lawrence. They're going to join us next. It's Molly and Hall on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.